It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is not often, in fact, only 24 times in history that you get to see perfection, but it happened late, late last night in case you missed it out west. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Christopher Herman Canty. Good yeah, morning. Yeah, big fella. <laughs> yeah. Domingo Perfect game from yep. Domingo Herman last night. I don't think anybody had that on a bingo card based on what we saw him in his last outing, but hell of a win for the Yankees and hell of a performance by him. Well, let's get right to it. Here we go. Only one place to start. Grounded to Durham. Donaldson has it. on the Yes Network last night with the call as Domingo Herman becomes the 24th pitcher in Major League history to throw a perfect game. He is the fourth in New York Yankee history. This part of it was a little bit sad. He was the third to ever do it at the Oakland Coliseum. There were 12,479 in attendance that was the largest crowd of the three that have been wow. thrown there. But that aside, Chris, the best part about this, and I don't want to sound cliche, but in, in sports, and specifically with this achievement, you just never know when it can happen. And to get that opportunity, for those folks who ventured out, who haven't gone out to see the A's all year, there's a lot of Yankee fans there, Chris, uh, to me, that's just an amazing thing to get to see because there are so few people who have gotten to see it uh, in person. And what an achievement for Domingo Herman, who was terrific. Yeah, there's no question about it. And for the Yankees right now, even though they scored 11 runs last night, offense hasn't been something that's easy to come by, especially with Aaron Judge out of the lineup. But if you can't score a lot of runs, then the next best thing is run prevention. And, and Herman going out there and throwing a perfect game is exactly what the doctor ordered. But that was a fantastic performance by Domingo Herman. He had nine strikeouts. Eight of them came on the curveball. Oh, I think he had, what was it? They were 0-19 on curveballs last yeah. night. Yeah. 0-19. That, that is incredible to see how dominant – her mom was with that one pitch, but he had it all working. I mean, he had the changeup going. He had the fastball. Like, his all-speed was perfectly located. And, and to me, when you have that kind of command um, and with the stuff that Herman is bringing to the table, you can put together a performance like this. And just hearing Aaron Boone recount the times that Herman has flirted with, you know, perfect game, like the Red Sox game in 2021 where he took a, a, a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Like, this guy has that kind of stuff. But the question was, was he going to be able to put it all together? And it's been a bumpy road for Domingo Herman to get to this point. Hell, last two starts, he's given up 17 runs, 15 earned. His last outing prior to last night, four home runs, 10 runs total. 
Nobody thought that Domingo Herman was going to do this. Hell, Carlin, if we hadn't had injuries from Cortez or Frankie Montes, he might not even have an opportunity in this rotation. And his job was in jeopardy in terms of being a starter because you're going to get Carlos Rodon back soon. So it's a it's a signature performance by Herman. It's one that the Yankees needed, but it's also an opportunity for Herman to solidify himself in this rotation moving forward. And as a Yankees fan, you just hope that what we saw last night can be a turning point in the season, similar to what we saw in 98 from David Wells when he threw a perfect game and Posada caught it. That was when the Yankees' season turned, and you're talking about David Wells from that point on being the best pitcher in the American League. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be Domingo Herman, but if he can use this performance as a confidence builder and give you more consistency as a top-line pitcher, then all of a sudden you're starting to feel really good about the prospects of a Yankees competing for a champion. Well, here's Aaron Boone on the topic of Herman and his season so far. He's definitely been through a lot, you know, taken ownership of a lot and works really hard. It's important to him to be a good teammate and a good guy, and he works hard to do that. And as we've talked about a lot this year, going back to this winter, I felt like he had a really meaningful winter of, you know, just work and purpose and focus and came in in a really good place. And, um, you know, he's carried that, you know, throughout the season to this point. Now listen, I am not necessarily a believer in a performance like this being able to necessarily kickstart a team, get them going, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to baseball, because it is such a long season, and it is so dependent on your starting pitching, and it is so dependent right now on the all-or-nothing offense. Yankees are nine and a half back of the Rays. I don't know if they're catching the Rays, but that doesn't matter. They don't it have to catch matter. the Rays. They, all they have to do is make the playoffs and go from there. Right now, though, there has been so many different things that have gone wrong for the Yankees that have people have complained about. I mean, no Aaron Judge, and we don't know when we're going to see him at this point. Chris, there's still eight games over 500. Like, this is, there's still very much in the mix here, despite what's going on. And this is what it's all about. This is what really good teams do. They stay afloat when things are not going great. Yeah. And the Yankees are doing more than staying afloat right now. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot of stiff competition for those wild yes. card spots yes, in the American is. League. But like, Between the point, two leagues, that feels like the more competitive of the two. Right, but at some point, this does feel like a team that can will be able to not flip the switch but we'll be able to get a little momentum going. Well, David Cohn, one of the Yankees pitchers that threw one of the four perfect games, he said last night in the postgame that this team can win a lot of different ways. It's just a matter of them realizing that and not being so reliant on hitting home runs and overwhelming opponents with offense. And so I think they're in a stretch route where they have to rediscover um, a new identity and and that built around defense and around run prevention and – and, and I think this can be one of those things for a locker room or a clubhouse where it's a revelation like, hey, guys, we can do it a lot of different ways. And, the, and any championship team will tell you, you're going to have to win games different ways in order to win a title. So I think in the long run, this could end up being a good thing for the Yankees. You never want to talk about Aaron Judge missing an extended period of time because he's one of the two best players in baseball, and maybe he's not two. But I, I just – for me, I think long-term, this is going to be a big thing. But just zeroing in on Herman's performance last night, maybe the most impressive part of it was him being able to deal with the downtime in between the innings, specifically the top of the fifth inning, where you're talking about the Yankees putting up six runs. Yeah. And that being 
24 minutes from when he last touched a baseball. Think about having to deal with that, not only from the physical aspect of it and, and keeping your arm warm, but the mental aspect of it and staying locked in. Now, Rizzo bailed him out with some great defense on that rocket shot by Seth Brown down the first baseline in the bottom of the fifth. And that's one of the things that, I mean, Herman loves it, obviously, but if you're going to throw a perfect game, you're going to need some good defense it's behind It's going to have to happen at some point. You're going to need yeah. some good defense behind you. And that's a good sign for Yankees fans out there that this team is locking in in that way. So you're hoping that they can sustain this, that they can build off of this. I get it. It's against the A's. But this is one of those performances that can be a catalyst for a team going on a run. It's Kenton Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. To that point about Herman, I don't think that there is an achievement in sports that is on the level of a perfect game, an mm. individual achievement in sports that is on the level of a perfect game. There is nothing that I would rather be in attendance for than that. Honestly, I was thinking about that. And, and, you know, Wilt's 100 point game comes to mind, like Mm -hmm. in terms of a signature performance. Kobe Bryant's 80 point game against Toronto comes to mind. Also, Kobe's 60 point game in the last game of his career against the Jazz. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan's flu game. Like, it's, it's, I mean, you've got to go to some really, really special and unique performances. Whereas in other sports, whereas in baseball, if you've got a pitcher throwing a perfect game, no matter who it is, it's special. And so to me, and so to me, I, I think you're right. There's probably nothing that compares to it, and you'd be hard pressed to find a signature performance that you would want to be in the stands in attendance watching more than a perfect game. I, I can't think of anything else that I would rather see, and I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never been close. I, I actually, David Wells later that year in, in uh, 98, actually like three, four weeks later, it feels like, took a perfect game into the sixth inning yeah. against the A's. Well, he was like, like, yeah. like, like, listen, he was the best pitcher in baseball after the perfect game. Yeah. He was the best pitcher in the American League by far and, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball the rest of the way. And the Yankees rode that to the championship. And as a fan of the team, like when you talk about the signature perfect games, 56 Don Larson in the World Series, 98 David Wells, 99 Coney. All of those seasons ended in championships for the Yankees. The, the, the listen, I, I, that tore out, the 98 team was an all-time team. Was, was an, I'm not taking anything away from the perfect game. I don't think it had anything to do with, I mean, they won 125 games when you include the postseason, 114. So I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I don't know that this team is going to take this to a postseason. Well, I mean, or to a to a title. Well, I'm, I'm just pointing out there have been three perfect games mm-hmm. prior to last night. Mm-hmm. All of those seasons ended in championships for the Yankees. Are you so. insinuating it's going to happen again? I'm I'm hoping that it happens again because I'm a Yankees fan. Okay. Yeah, hell That's yeah, true. I want it to happen again. And momentum is the next day's starting pitcher. So if you can have Domingo Herman be at his best, what we saw last night, and you can have Garrett Cole do what he's been doing, and you can have Carlos Rodon finally show up. You mean to tell me you shouldn't feel good about that as a Yankees fan? I think you could feel pretty Come good on, about man. it, sure. But Come like I said, now. just make Come the on playoffs. Now. But I, this has you this... just said that the Yankees are probably going to make the playoffs. Yes, you literally yes. just said that. Yes, I didn't say they were going to win a title. I, I don't. I don't think they're a title team. But that's that aside. What you saw last night was absolutely amazing, and I guess I do have to ask this question with that in mind. 
Are they the closest New York team to a title right now? Hmm. Um, I mean, I can't believe you can actually say it, but the Jets are actually right yeah, there. Yeah, I think the Jets, yeah, the Jets are right there. Um, I, I, the hockey teams are damn good. Yeah. All three of the hockey teams are damn good. All of them. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I would lean towards saying the Yankees yeah. again because if your pitchers, if Domingo Herman, if this is truly a turning point for him in his career, then yeah. I would feel good about that. Like, I would feel good about the top three in our rotation. I would feel good about the depth they have behind those guys. I feel good about the bullpen. If you get Aaron Judge back healthy in the second half, hell yeah. They absolutely could win a championship. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think the Jets are closer. (laughs) Just on paper, I think the Jets are closer. I can't believe it. It ain't by much, but I I can't believe I'm saying it. The Jets have such a juggernaut in that AFC, man. They have such a juggernaut. There's no margin for error for the Jets. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny. ESPN Radio, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service, can help you troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Up next, free agency in the NBA begins tomorrow. Which NBA superstar's future are we not focused enough on? Woj joins us next. And frankly, like a perfect game, you never know when a Woj bomb is going to drop. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
Greeny, the podcast. It is free agency eve in the NBA. Big day for the Sixers today. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. You know he's got it all locked up, and there is going to be nobody busier over the next couple of weeks, and that is Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. He joins us right now from Bristol. Woj, it's Canty and Carlin. We appreciate it as always. Let's start with James Harden. We know that today is the day that he either opts in or opts out. I think we universally expect him to opt out. But if he is going to stay in Philadelphia, what does that look like? Yeah, that's that's the question, Chris. And he has a 5 o'clock Eastern deadline on that $35.5 million option. And I think his expectation was when he signed that one-plus-one contract last year that he would opt out and then do presumably a long-term deal with the Sixers or elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, the scenario with which you would opt into that deal, um, I think would largely be because you have real concerns about where the Sixers might land on the kind of offer you want to get from them, the kind of years and uh, money. I think the issue for Harden in negotiations, probably similar to Kyrie Irving, it may not be so much getting close to the max the max number annually, it's how many years are they going to guarantee you? And so uh, that's, I think, part of the thought process with James Harden today. It is not a foregone conclusion that he declines the option and becomes a free agent. I still think uh, there's consideration on both ends. It's probably the most likely scenario is opting out and then negotiating with them in free agency. If you opt into that deal, Chris, then you could be traded immediately. Once you opt in now, you are eligible to be traded, and that certainly changes the dynamic. But I think this is going to play out over the course of uh, the rest of this morning and this afternoon. Woj, how much do the impending Tyrese Maxey contract extension negotiations weigh in on what's happening with James Harden right now? I mean, all of these are always interrelated, um, especially with the new salary cap. Uh, the new collective bargaining agreement, you've got to make some hard choices about where and how you spend your money. Uh, Certainly, you know, a maxi extension wouldn't kick in until next year. And so, again, how many years are you guaranteeing Harden? Um, You know, the the key for an organization, place like Philly is anywhere, is you want to get the player under contract so you don't lose him for nothing. You want to be able to get him signed and so whether that's for him to play for you for the ex- rest of that contract or to have him to be able to trade him and get some assets for him but certainly Maxie's going to get a big payday in Philly he's a big big part of their future uh and so you're looking at a player who's going to be in the max contract neighborhood Ooh. whether it lands exactly on a max or it's a little south it's going to be a big, big number for him, regardless of what they do with James Harden. Woj with us, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. Uh, we heard from Rob Palinka the other day, Woj, that the Lakers are looking to keep the young core and build around that. So what does that start to look like for Palinka in filling in the margins, as he put it? Yeah, the uh, Lakers will have their mid-level exception. That's twelve about $12.5 million uh, in year one. And so you can split that up among a couple players or three players or 
Uh, you could put it all into one player. And so that's, I think, their best avenue to improve the team. I don't know that there's there are any big trades out there for them. or, or uh, I, I think they, again, as Rob Palenka has said, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, you wait and see if those guys can get offer sheets elsewhere. And then the Lakers have the ability to match offer sheets. I don't think this is a great market for for restricted free agents to get offer sheets. The, the general idea with an offer sheet and restricted free agent is, as the team who's giving the offer sheet, you have to overpay. You want to make it so such an overpay that it doesn't make sense for his team to match and keep. And in this marketplace with a new salary cap, I think that scares teams to all of a sudden and, and Hachimura and Reeves are, are really good players, really good young players. I, I think most around the league look at the Lakers and know we have a very small chance if we do give those guys an offer sheet that it's not going to get matched. And then you tie yourself up for a few days waiting for the Lakers to match it. It, it ties up your salary cap. So I, I think the Lakers end up back with both of those players. And then it's their mid-level exception. And then I think the real key guy for the Lakers and free agency is D'Angelo Russell. Mm. Can they land on a number, get him under contract on a two-year deal maybe, that a number both sides can live with? Because he's a starting-level point guard in the NBA, and I know he didn't play well in the last playoff series, uh, but he did play very well for them over extended extended periods after the trade from Minnesota. And give him a training camp. Give him a full season back with the team. See how that looks. But you can't replace him. If he walks out the door, you, you, you're not getting a better point guard than D'Angelo Russell. So can they get to a number that makes sense? You keep him, and then you, you bring this team back again with maybe a mid-level exception and then maybe some veteran minimum players uh, who uh, can, can be rotation players for you. Woj, as the resident Lakers fan on this show, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question. With LeBron James seemingly going year to year, I'm wondering, have the Lakers allowed themselves to entertain the possibility that this is his last season? And if they have, how does that shape what they do this summer? I I don't – listen, LeBron James has the right to take this year to year. Every player does, but especially what he's accomplished. You know, he's talked a lot about wanting to play with his son, Bronny James, who's going to be a freshman at USC. To wait this long, still be playing at this level – and have Bronny James coming into the league, presumably if he's a one-and-done at USC, and then walking away seems unlikely. He'd be so close to getting to be able to be in the same league with him. Uh, I, You you have James and you have uh, Anthony Davis uh, both uh, under contract out two years. I, I think that allows them to kind of reset this if they do new deals with those players Moving forward, LeBron could keep doing this year-to-year on one-year deals, one-plus-one, one-plus-one if he wants to do that. Uh, but they understand the urgency with the Lakers that you know, you're know you trying to win with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And at the same time, they have built now a group of young players that they are filtering through. Austin Reeves, who was undrafted, and Hachimura, who I think was a very fortuitous trade prior to the deadline last year where you saw him blossom with the Lakers into the kind of player people thought he might be when he came out of Gonzaga. Woj with us right now. He, of course, ESPN senior NBA insider. Dame Lillard, it's the name that we've all been talking about all uh, offseason in Portland. So it seems like we're going to wait for free agency to begin. So how are the trailblazers approaching this and trying to convince Dame to stay put? I don't know that they can convince him to do anything. I think Dame and Lillard will 
make a choice about what he wants to do, if that's to stay, if that's to ask for a trade. I think all the Blazers can do right now is uh, do what they are doing, which is to be active uh, around the league in trade talks, in uh, free agency, then re-signing their own player, Jeremy Grant, who they got in a trade from Detroit last year and had a very good season for them. And do that without mortgaging the really good young assets they have to go all in and take 60 cents on the dollar in a trade. Uh, Anthony Simons is a good, another very good young player who's blossomed, developed in Portland, drafted there. Uh, I don't know if there's a big, big trade for the Blazers out there. There's so many teams who want to improve, uh, who feel pressure to improve. They, you know, they may not have a Dame Lillard who wants immediate results and could ask for a trade, but that doesn't mean there aren't any other number of contenders and teams kind of where Portland is who think there's a deal that can catapult them up. And I think with a new, again, with a new collective bargaining agreement, the new salary cap, a lot of the bad contracts out there, the veteran players who are owed a lot of money, it's hard to get teams to uh, take those deals on and it's hard to get teams to give up good young players it's not an easy market to make a trade in. So this isn't an ideal scenario for Portland to be in. And I don't know how much risk they want to take. It's hard in a small market. Uh, if you give away good young players, you can't just hit the reset button in two years, clear cap space, and go big game hunting and free agency. That's not the reality in Portland. you got to be more judicious in how you build out a team. So they're definitely walking two lines here, but they have – I think that a very good job in the last two drafts of, of of bringing in some good young players who in time I think are going to be really good NBA players. The question will be, does that match up with Lillard's, the timeline he sees in his mind at 32 years old? Woj, last week you told us that the Knicks are as well positioned as any NBA team for this summer. What does that translate to over the next few days? It, it might be for next summer. It may not be this mm. summer. And I think part of that is, the next time the big NBA star or NBA stars say, I'm going in the portal, I'm going in the NBA transfer portal, I want out, <laughs> right? Which is what it is. Free agency gets leaner and leaner each year. We don't see the big, big name marquee guys in free agency. They, they take extensions where they can get more money by staying where they are. And then when they decide they want out, they ask out and they go in the portal. And so when those players, whoever they are, and you know they're coming because they're always coming, when they ask out, I think New York is a more uh, – it's it's a more uh, acceptable destination for players than it had been just a few years ago. You see the infrastructure there of of good young players, an outstanding point guard in Jalen Brunson. Who wouldn't want to play with Jalen Brunson? And so you're seeing that – develop in New York. They have lots of draft picks. Um, They have their own picks. They have other teams' picks. They have some young players who have value. And so I think New York's doing the right thing by waiting and maybe not going after the B-level player and say the A-level player is going to become available. Is it early in the season? Is it the trade deadline? Is it next summer? And they're going to be in position to do something. Woj, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks. 
Thanks, guys. Adrian Wojnarowski, of course, ESPN Senior NBA Insider, host of the Woj Pod, and he is going to be everywhere on ESPN over the next couple of days, as you would expect, covering everything as free agency begins tomorrow. And one thing that we were uh, going to get to uh, at the end is really what kind of leans into what's going on in Milwaukee. Chris Middleton opted out. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. Those are two pretty darn big pieces for the Milwaukee no Bucks. Doubt. And this summer, Giannis is eligible to sign the Supermax extension. And it begs the question, what's going on with those two, and how much is that going to affect what Giannis decides to do? Because if he does not sign this uh, offseason, that is going to be a crazy storyline for the next year, year and a half. And all of a sudden, the Knicks passing on Donovan Mitchell last summer and passing up anybody that might be available for trade this summer would make that much more sense. If you can make a run at the big buck in trying to get Giannis in a trade, oh my lord! I mean, think about that. Being able to pair him with Jalen Brunson, all of a sudden it makes everything that the Knicks have done, the groundwork that Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau have laid, make that much more sense. And so I, I think, as Woj put it, the positioning that the Knicks have done the last couple of years hasn't necessarily been for this summer, but it's just waiting for the other shoe to drop because we know that NBA stars, when they want out, they're going to be able to force their way out via trade. It doesn't usually happen in free agency. So that's going to be the interesting thing to monitor, to watch. Now, I will say this, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, I just I don't know how the Bucks are going to be able to keep both of those players because of what yeah. they're going to be able to command on the open market, what the asking price is going to be. Maybe you can keep one of the two, but if you lose Chris Middleton, who is an all-star player, or if you lose Brooke Lopez, who is a rim protector, defensive player of the year, and a guy at a center position that can knock down open shots from three consistently, you're probably not going to be a title contender. Look, I, I think Middleton is going to be closer to what he was before. I don't know that he'll ever be the exact same player as he was before, but it's the Bucks' best shot to go with Giannis. And I also wonder, you know, how Giannis feels about the head coaching situation because there were a lot of thoughts that if they were able to pry Ty Lue out of the Clippers, that that would have gone a long way with Giannis, but they weren't able to do that. Good luck outspending the L.A. Clippers for Ty Lue. <laughs> Ain't no salary cap when it comes to coaches. No. So, I mean, that's something to pay attention to. Like, what happens in Milwaukee? If, if they lose one of those two free agents, then I don't see how this team is going to be viewed as a favorite in the, as the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they'll be a top-four seed. That's great because you still got Giannis. But for Giannis, it ain't about being a top-four seed in the regular season. It's about competing for a title. And I just don't see a path to being able to do that without both Middleton and Brooke Lopez. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You, of course, can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click Watch, Look for Greeny, and Enjoy. In moments, we've got a little NFL. It will be once again time for ESPN Radio NFL Rank'em. The two best defensive rookies in the league this year, they're not Georgia Bulldogs. That's right. We'll tell you all about it in just moments. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. The countdown to kickoff rolls on. 70 days until the NFL season begins. I want to throw for 6,000 yards. Another touchdown for Lamar Jackson. Continuing coverage. You can appreciate the hard work that it took to get here. Camp to camp, team to team. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. Yeah, it does. I just saw a great sentence. You know what that sentence is, Canty? What's that? The NFL starts 10 weeks from tonight. Oh! So great. Ten weeks from tonight. It's so good. Oh, it's so you know what? good. That, that is the first time in the off season mm-hmm. it feels within reach. Yeah, it yeah. really doesn't feel real until training camp, but we still got a few weeks of that. But that feels nice. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Prescott has had a fantastic... Windows my whole career. You want to win the Super Bowl. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's... Rank them. The top five rookies. Mr. Canty has got your list for you. Let's not waste any time. Number five. It's got to be Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner with Pittsburgh. Had a little bit of a down year at SC after he transferred, but this guy is a phenomenal route runner. Unbelievable route runner. He's got the speed. He's got the burst, the agility to be effective on all three levels. I think the one thing that you're concerned with is just his play strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not talking about a guy that has a huge catch radius and not a guy that you necessarily want fighting for 50-50 balls and a guy that can have his timing on routes disrupted by press. But with the NFL hashes being closer to the middle of the field, you're talking about this guy having a lot more room to work. Also giving him room to work is being on the other side of Justin Jefferson, a guy that's going to tilt the coverage. 
And then also TJ Hawkinson being yep. in that receiving core mm-hmm. should be a lot of one-on-one opportunities. And you like Jordan Addison's chances to be able to create separation and get big plays with catch after run after uh, run after catch opportunities. Number four. Number four is Kalijah Kansi from Pitt. There's a reason why this guy won ACC Defensive Player of the Year, was a first-team All-American. 14 and a half sacks over his last two years, seven and a half last year, and he missed the final two games because of a shoulder injury. He is the quintessential three technique in a four-down scheme. This is a guy that's a matchup nightmare for guards. He's got the quickness. He's got the first-step burst that you're looking for. Good play strength when it comes to his pass rush arsenal. And he's got a pretty good toolbox. The one thing you worried about is him getting overwhelmed at the point of attack in the run game. But based on how I expect Tampa to use him in that scheme that Ty Bowles employs down there, this guy's going to make it happen. I think he can be an 8-10 to 10 sack guy at D-tackle as a rookie. Wow. Wow. Number three. Jameer Gibbs running back for the Detroit Lions. Now, I know a lot of people have B. John Robinson high on their list and have high expectations for him in Atlanta. But mine are higher for Jameer Gibbs. This is a satellite running back. You can put him anywhere on the field, and he's not going to be out of place. He's a good receiver. He's also a running back that understands the value of a four-yard run between the tackles, and I think that's what you have to have to be successful at this level. He's going to be good in pass protection because guess what? Nick Saban wouldn't have a running back that wasn't good in pass protection, and I like the quarterback in Jared Goff being able to provide good balance on that offense in the passing game to create room to work for Jameer Gibbs in the running game. So I'm calling my shot right now. Jameer Gibbs, a bigger rookie season than B. John Robinson. Number two, Devin Witherspoon. I love Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks. It's not often that you talk about a playoff team having a top five pick, but being able to get the best cornerback in the draft and pair him with one of the top two cornerbacks in last year's draft, in Tariq Woolen, who led the league in interceptions last year, I think this is going to be a match made in heaven for Pete Carroll. He's recreating the Legion of Boom on the fly, and Devin Witherspoon is going to be a big part of that, along with Woolen and Jamal Adams and Quandry Diggs. The thing I love about Devin Witherspoon is that he can play inside, he can play outside. So not only is he going to be a weapon for Pete Carroll in the passing game, but he's also going to be a guy that they can use on blitzes from the nickel spot too. So Devin Witherspoon, I think he's going to have a huge, huge impact. Wouldn't surprise me if he was defensive rookie of the year. Number one. Bryce Young. Wow. Quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Now, listen, I'm a C.J. Stroud guy. I I love C.J. Stroud. I thought he was the pick. Bryce Young ain't that far off. I think he's a tremendously talented thrower of the football. He's got that elastic arm that all of these evaluators are looking for. He's got the leadership traits that you want. And this guy, from a cognitive standpoint, will be able to hit his stride as a rookie in the National Football League. You're not going to throw anything at him as a rookie that's going to overwhelm him in terms of the looks that defensive coordinators are going to call. The thing that concerned me about Bryce Young was his size, but I think he's going into the perfect situation with the Carolina Panthers, a franchise that has a really good defense in place, an organization that has emphasized retooling the offensive line in the last couple of years. And, and so from that standpoint, coupled with the coaching staff that they have put together down in Carolina, I expect Bryce Young and his team to compete for the NFC South title this year as a rookie. I, I love this list. I love this list. I'll give you a couple that I think could have been in the mix. I mean, we could talk about linemen, but these are more about skill position players. Uh, Stroud, I think, is going to have a good year. I'm with you on Young. 
I think Young is going to be much better just because there's more to work with. It's a better situation. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think Stroud has got a, a chance to be a true franchise quarterback. Jordan Addison, I absolutely love uh, yeah. for all the reasons that you uh, detailed, especially the fact that he's got those other guys that are going to draw plenty of attention. Gibbs is interesting to me. Kenty, when we were getting ready for the draft, when we hosted it on ESPN Radio, I, I talked to a couple of evaluators about the running back position, and two of them said that they like Gibbs more than they like B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. And the reason was twofold. Number one, felt like he was a lot more um, explosive in space and could do more out of the backfield catching the football. And also, one called him a dominant zone rusher. A dominant zone rusher. And to me, um, I don't think you can go wrong with taking an offensive skill player from Alabama when you look at a guy like that. I think they're going to be in good shape. People were surprised he went that high. Yeah. I was not surprised he went in the first round. Well, one thing I don't worry about, especially at the running back spot in Alabama, is a player's physicality. And yeah. even though he's slighter than B. John Robinson in stature, this is a guy that runs behind his pads. This, one, guy, this guy is a thumper. So, I mean, I, I love Jameer Gibbs and how Dan Campbell, their head coach, wants that team to play, the identity that they want to forge. They need a player like this at the running back spot. for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.